Row, row, row your boat. Row, row, row your boat. Come on. Gently down the street. No? <laughs> no. You don't know how this works? Go. I don't know how this Go. Is this a game? Row, row, row your boat. No. Come on. Just sing the song all the way through. Sing the song all the way Gently through. Gently down the stream. Merrily, merrily. Row, Disney. row, row your boat. Gently down the I, But I did that and you said no. Oh, my God. Okay, ready? Start singing the song front to back. Ready? Front Go. Row, row, row your boat. Gently down the stream. Row, row, row your boat. Gently down the stream. I did not know where he was going until now. I didn't get you were shooting for this. I know that. Welcome to episode 48 of the Cigar Snob Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez, and I am joined, as always, by Eric Calvino. Hello, y'all. And Ivan Ocampo. Hello, hello. All right, so on this episode of the podcast, we're going to be uh, smoking a sort of a, a comeback cigar here. Uh, Don't and, call it a comeback. Oh, baby. It's been here for years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and also talking about some travel past and future. So uh, stay tuned. Hold on to your butts until the other end of this Villiger ad. Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano Curo wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned hearty flavors. The Villager La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoking experience. The Villager La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. On this episode of the podcast, we are smoking Camacho Coyolar, which... Some of you, uh, the more veteran seasoned smokers may remember, was a uh, sort of a casualty of the 2013 Camacho rebrand. The brand has been revived. It is now back in Camacho's portfolio. It is a Honduran puro available in five sizes. That's Perfecto number one which as far as I know is the only Perfecto, but maybe they're expecting a number two. Maybe this is a hint. Perfecto number one, which is a four and a half by 50, and that's uh, $8.50. Comes in a Rothschild, four and a half by 50, Super Toro, six and a half by 52, Titan, six by 60, and Figurado, six by 54. The um, high end of the price range here is that six by 60 Titan at $10. So it all fits inside of that, like, nine to ten dollar range more or less yeah eight fifty to ten yeah right right so uh we are now smoking the perfecto number one right number one number one so that's four and a half by fifty um the uh but obviously tapering because it is a perfecto right because when you say four and a half by fifty people think short robusto but right right so it's 50 at at the uh at the center or at the widest uh part uh but yes tapers on both ends and it's got that uh neat little uh open foot um, at a very narrow open foot. Um, and, uh, it, it reminds me in the, the look with the band of, of that blackout, that limited edition it blackout. Yeah. Got. Obviously the, the black on black thing does right. uh, remind you of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
But this is it's it's cool that it's uh, Honduran puro. I, I think other than the uh, Umo Jaguar, this is the first time that we've done a Honduran puro on the podcast while it was actually like active on the market. Uh, and and this sort of you know brings things back to Camacho's right Honduran brand yeah, story. Roots. Sure. So. Um, what are your thoughts so far? I, I was Man. lagging behind you guys in lighting this. I mean, uh, I think Ivan is the farthest ahead, but uh, but I, I'm loving it. I really am. Uh, the uh, I like. I think the aroma is uh, as at a, at a very good level. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm enjoying the aroma incredibly. So uh, the flavors are good. It's very smooth. It's it's you know Hondurans. I'm not used to Hondurans being so uh, silky. And creamy on the palate, and I find this one to be that way. It's like it's still earthy, like that that cord Honduran thing of, of that earthy chocolate, but then it's got a very silky smooth texture to it. So I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, Ivan, I like it. I like uh, Camacho's like newer iterations of all their blends. Uh, so this one in particular, I get a lot of puffed wheat. So playing, you are yeah. On some wheat. of that you get wheat creaminess that you get, and the red peppers there, it's it's smooth, smooth. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with what you were saying about that that Honduran earthiness, uh, especially right up front. Um, so this is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, supposed to be an, uh, a one farm blend. So all of this is coming from the same spot. Uh, I don't know that in the materials I've seen they they get deep into what the different varietals are. Uh, but I'll be interested to see, you know, as the rapper in the next maybe like 20 minutes or so plays less of a role percentage-wise in what I'm getting off of this, uh, how that how that progresses because I'm still barely out of the the tippy tip, yeah, of the uh, of the cigar, just the tip. It's a technical so, term, the tippy tip, tippy tip. So uh, we will come back to our Camacho Coyolares or Coyolars or whatever it is. Uh, are we pluralizing Coyolar? Coyolars. 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 Wow, that's a little... Coyolars. You get a little cramp in your tongue when you mm, try to say Coyolars. Uh, all right. And so from Honduras all the way to the Dominican Republic, which in a matter of hours you guys will will be in. You will be... Indeed. In the land... Hold on. Where's my horn? Here we go. <laughs> That was a Dominican horn for those of you who are yeah. uh, keeping score at home. At home. Yeah, uh, La corneta, as we call it. <laughs> so we actually have two separate trips uh, planned for the Dominican Republic. Eric and Ivan are on their way out. And Yami. And, and Yami. And an entire crew. And a whole crew are on their way over there later today. Um, pretty much, you know, once we pack up these mics, you guys are, are heading over to the, to the airport. Yep, yep. Um, so tell us, about, about tell us about what you're going to be doing there. So we've got a oh, we've got a photo shoot uh, planned for next issue. So next issue is the Dominican Republic issue, right? It'll be called something else, but basically the the majority of the content in the issue will come from the DR, and uh, we'll have two photo shoots there sponsored by Fuente. So we'll be shooting in the factory, which we've never done. We've never shot uh, a model at. Uh, Inside of a cigar factory. And it's like cliches, right? Yeah, and I've never been to Fuentes factory, and I'm really excited to see it. Well, and they, they renovated the bejesus out of it, so it is it is stunning. So we're shooting there, and we're shooting also in uh, in Bonao at uh, Chateau de la Fuente, in that house of dreams. 
So that should be pretty cool. And then we're going over to Santo Domingo and shooting there in La Zona Colonial, in the colonial part of the town. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, Ivan, uh, Ivan plans these photo shoots and produces them. And it's it's they all bring their own challenges, right? But uh, what has been especially challenging about this one? This one, um, logistically, we're shooting in three different cities. Yeah, I think that's uh, really we have right. people flying in from all over the country. Uh, so all yeah, sort of, that, all that, sort of yeah. meeting here at Miami International Airport, and then, and then flying yeah, down. Yeah, some people's flights are longer than others, but yeah. uh, hopefully we all get there. At the same time. Well, that we already know is not happening. <laughs> and uh, let's not jinx it. <laughs> let's not jinx it. Uh, but we're supposed to have good weather, you know, and we have a great crew. I think good things you know are what? ahead. We're going to have great freaking cigars. And great cigars, man. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, working with uh, the Fuente family on this thing is uh, is always awesome. And, and you know who else? Manny Riate. Uh, Manny was huge in helping produce this. Shout out to uh, Manny. Shout out to Manny. Uh, obviously, Liana, uh, who is obviously part of the family we're talking about. So, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting, man. I'm I can't wait. Uh, these things are a headache. They're stressful, but then when they're done, they're they're uh, you know I think people like our what we do with it, right? Yeah, we haven't done the DR issue in a while. We had. We had previously done it with Nicaragua. Uh, well, we did one like four or five years ago, right? Right. So I think it's it's, it's due time to do it now, and yeah. I think it'll be great. Well, and, and I think doing it in the factory and, and in Chateau in the field, uh, I think that'll be a pretty neat twist. You know, we've always – people ask every now and then what uh, – you know, why don't you guys ever shoot inside of a cigar factory or in a tobacco field when you're doing these photo shoots? And we've always felt it's kind of cliche to do it, right? I mean, it's it's kind of like the easiest thing that to do. But in this case, the factory is so beautiful inside now. Uh, you'll see some shots coming up. So uh, to those of you who are wondering what the hell is he talking about, a cigar factory is a cigar factory is a cigar factory. That's not the case. This one is gorgeous. And, uh, and then also in Chateau, you have that House of Dreams, which you could do an entire photo shoot around that yeah. place alone. So, so yeah, there's uh, there's quite a bit. Uh, going on there that I think uh, I think makes sense to go shoot in the factory and in the field this time. And then so. we're also going to uh, feature some places we haven't been to, uh, like Awang. So this is that's the second trip. That's the right. yeah. So so that's the Nick and Andy trip, which is right, right. So uh, so well, and, and before we we get off of that, I, I I thought it would be cool just here to make mention of people because you guys, I'm sure, will be Instagramming. Stuff will, as yeah. you go. So uh, what's, I'm gonna, what's happening? And what's happening? So <laughs> yeah. if you, if you're not lucky enough to be in our exclusive WhatsApp group, um, make sure that you're following Cigar Snob Mag on Instagram. Um, one of the models is Megan M E G A N underscore Sam Perry S A M P E R I. I assume she's going to be in the Dominican for a few days shooting. That might be a cool perspective to get if people are like interested in the inner workings of one of these shoots. I don't know if we have a handle for for anybody else, uh, for another model. And our other model is Claudia Bulka. Her Instagram handle is Claudia Bulka. <laughs> one word. Well, Claudia with a K, though. Yeah, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, so it's, ah. yeah, Claudia with a K, Bulka. 
B-U-L-K-A. Claudia Bulka. Who happens to be the face of Bulgari. We'll so, check it out. Yeah, that'll be cool. So, uh, check out all those Instagram handles. That's Claudia Bulka, Claudia with a K, and Megan underscore Sam Perry. And then, of course, Cigar Snob Mag. You'll be getting uh, kind of a little behind-the-scenes view of what's going to be going down in the Dominican. Um, in uh, about a week and a half, our art director, Andy Astencio, and I, uh, you may remember Andy from his... Uh, hot dog eating championship. His hot dog eating champion. His and hot dog eating prowess. Yeah, yeah. His hot dog eating prowess and also his uh, failure to correctly uh, define mullet in Ooh. our makeshift <laughs> yeah. uh, citizenship test. Uh, but we will be in the Dominican Republic working on a travel story for that same upcoming issue. So uh, we will be, uh, it'll be Andy's first time, I believe, in the Dominican Republic, and my first time visiting a lot of the factories that we're going to be visiting. So, Well, I, wait, wait, wait. I think it's the first time that Andy uses his passport. Oh, that's right. So this is like it's a momentous. Newly minted American yeah, passport. Yeah. So... so. Yeah, so so that'll be all kinds of exciting, uh, and um, and like I said, first time for either of us certainly visiting. Uh, first time for Andy, I guess. First time for Andy visiting cigar factories outside of the U.S. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's the first time. Well, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't know if he ever visited a factory in Cuba. Yeah, he might have. Uh, but uh, I have never been, and I'm looking quickly at this list here. Haven't been to Alam. Haven't been to. Uh, the Cuevas Factory, PDR, Palma, La Aurora, uh, Reyes, or Ventura. So, Correct, yeah. So, so on the list, what you skipped is the ones you've been to. Right, exactly. Fuente, Davidoff, Correct. La Flor Dominicana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, and oh, yeah. Alam is, is where uh, Villager cigars are, are made in the Dominican Republic. No, but they have the Villager, the Villager Lounge. So... Uh, so that'll you know th- this one if if you're a f- if you follow our travel content uh, and you remember the story we did in Nicaragua this will be sort of similar in the sense that the idea is you know suppose that you're a smoker you want to go to the Dominican to visit cigar factories and kind of get to know the the place through that lens uh, how are you doing that without waiting for the you know that country's major cigar festival which in this case is Pro Cigar um, so stay tuned for that. And I'm, I'm sure that we'll, you know, again, also on social media have uh, all kinds of little, you know, snippets from that trip. Hey, so. one, one thing we haven't talked about, and I know it's, I don't think it's in our show notes. I mean, well, we, we but we had taken a, an entire week off from uh, banter episodes. Right. Yeah. So people were probably missing this. People, I'm sure I, I hope. <laughs> they were crying themselves to sleep just a little bit. Um, so, or, dri- or driving and crying or driving and crying. Um, yeah. So, uh, again, if you're joining us after some kind of a hiatus, part of why we haven't done these banter episodes is that we've been putting out, uh, interviews that we did at the IPCPR trade show and our mics are stolen and our mics were stolen. So that is the <laughs> other motive. Uh, we'll you get might, to that later. You might notice that uh, the audio here sounds a little better than it does in like the intros that I've been doing for, for uh, that I've been recording for those interviews. Not quite up to our you know latest standards because I've been recording on this thing's built-in mics. Yep. Um, but yes, so our uh, our offices were broken into, and um, thank God I was picturing the entire time the mics like chained up to like a bike rack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and somebody walking by and taking them. Uh, but before we get into that story, a word from episode sponsor. What a tease. El Galang. 
El Galán Cigars makes El Galán Reserva Especial, among other brands. But in this case, El Galán Reserva Especial comes in four all box-pressed sizes. That's the 5 by 52 airosos, the 5 and 3 quarters by 54 apuestos, the 6 by 52 gallardos, which, by the way, is a torpedo, the 6 by 60 obesos. All of these are 100% Nicaraguan tobacco with Jalapa Oscuro wrappers available in stores nationwide. You can find them online at elgalancigars.com or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. El Galán Cigars. That's E-L-G-A-L-A-N Cigars.com. El Galán Cigars. El Galán Cigars. El Galán Cigars. You talk about El Galán Cigars. I am. How did you know? All right. <laughs> so, uh, El Galán Cigars, how's this for a segue, are probably among the things that were stolen from our office humidor when that we were broken very into. Very true. Very true. Uh, Good call. So... Um, Basically, uh, and, and I imagine that, Eric, you, you had more contact with, uh, with in investigators and whatnot. But if, if I understand and remember correctly, the, our, our best guess here is that probably somebody saw that we had cigar in the name and assumed we were a distributor uh, yep. of cigars. So and they, that's, one of the, that's one of the theories, right? Yeah. So uh, whatever it was they thought they were going to find, uh, they didn't find it because uh, our CSI investigation here... Uh, has concluded that they spent a lot of time opening boxes of magazines and being sorely disappointed. <laughs> it was probably those bastards' like worst Saturday night, right? Because they broke in on a Saturday night at eleven thirty at night, uh, came in through the roof, so they had right. to either sledgehammer uh, or chipping hammer, chipping hammer. which uh, in Miami Cuban parlance would be chippy hama. Uh, they uh, chipping hammer to the roof because it's a concrete roof. Got in there, Mission Impossible style. Uh, climbed down our rack of magazines and probably thought, "Holy shit! All these racks are full of cigars. We are golden boys." And they kept opening box after box of magazines. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so then they moved on to the inside of the office where they they did empty out about five thousand dollars worth of cigars in our rear humidor. But these are cigars that were, for the most part, just loose. They were not boxes of cigars. So Correct. There were a few boxes, them, but not that many. You have so a hell of a time reselling that stuff. Exactly. That's going to be a exactly. pain. Uh, it was really uh, most of the stock that we used for ratings and a lot of the stuff we brought back from the show. Yeah. So uh, they also stole uh, a toaster oven, they stole a coffee a maker. Oven. A water cooler. They they like restocked a, an office. Like they I think stole that our they ended coffee up, also and the coffee itself. The coffee itself. Yeah, is that was gone. very strange. Uh, and then they stole our guy, our wooden sculpture. Yeah. What, what, do, do we have a, a guess as to what the nationality of that wooden sculptured guy was? You know what? I, I like to think that he was a sign of the times and he was a post-racial sculpture. Mm, I like that. Well, he, he was he was like our muse. He was like our oh, mascot. Yeah. He was like... I know. And we had we had him all dressed up. He had a, a cap. Cigar yeah, tie. A, a cigar tie. A cigar in his mouth. Yeah. He and had uh, stole him. a number of stickers, including... Uh, uh, oh, so visitors to the office, like Mario Takayama. Yeah, Mario Takayama was stolen from our office. Yeah. Like, really. A very uh, sad day. Among the tragic losses. Uh, but, you know, strangely, they they left the the wooden sculpture's crystal 
Yes. Like power crystal. Power yeah. crystal. <laughs> he yeah. had like a power crystal at his base. Now, should we give a little background of this guy that we had, the sculpture? Go for it. I mean, I think it's sure, it yeah. bears, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, mentioning. So when we rented our previous office, actually two offices ago, two offices ago, I think, I think we, right. we, uh, we signed the lease, got the keys to the office, opened the door, and there's this dude. <laughs> it's like, a, what was he, like three feet tall? Give or take, yeah. Three, yeah, three three foot tall wooden sculpture of a guy, looks like a farmer, yeah. holding a watering can, bald headed. Yeah. <laughs> holding a watering can with a Masonic symbol on it, which yeah. the water then comes out and turns into a snake. So that's yeah. kind of the guy. Uh, so we found that guy. We put him by the front of the door, waiting for its owner to come by and claim him. Our year-long lease runs out. No one came to get him. We moved to another office. We're like, we're not going to leave him. Let's take him. Yeah. So we brought him along and his power crystal, which was there with him the whole time. And uh, and, and now here and in this office. fuckers took him. And they took them. <laughs> Sons of bitches. So. And they also took the cigar that was in his mouth because I don't think we recovered that either. No, we did not recover that. Yeah. So, so anyway, we uh, were... We're missing one team member. It's it's yeah. been sad around here. So you've since. heard the description. If anybody sees them out there on any offer up or eBay type platform, please let us know. Yeah, if, if you come across a, I, I'm guessing he's gonna end up in a flea market. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking he's like Opalaka Hialeah flea market. He's gonna be showing up there any day now. But uh, but yeah, it 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 sucks. They took in total with computers and 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 uh, I mean we're making joke of all of this, but. Uh, in value, they they ended up taking about twelve thousand, thirteen thousand dollars worth of stuff. So, yeah. if our insurance agent is listening, they took twenty five. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. part of the reason it's easier to joke about it is that for reasons we still don't understand, they left the two hard drives that most of our back yeah, back issues, issues yeah, yeah back issues are on. Uh, so our archives. But they, they also left the, my Les Paul. They didn't take they it. They left your Les Paul. They the left Rabbit Air Purifier, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. I would have taken first. Yeah, so they if, left my iMac 27. So if you know any thieves, make sure you send a link to this podcast so they know what's left to take. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, all kinds of uh, strange... Uh, we were most upset about the coffee, I think. And, that the, was, and the dude. Those were really... Yeah, the, the coffee and the dude. Those were our two sources of inspiration. Uh, so yeah, we are on the hunt for a racially ambiguous... Uh, fisherman with mystical water powers. Fisherman slash farmer. We don't know. <laughs> slash hobby gardener. <laughs> uh, so uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was the the news from from cigar snob. Uh, travel in the past. I was just in Detroit, which was my first time in Detroit. Um, we'll start just. I know that in our show notes it's uh, inverted, but. Let's let's talk a little bit about Detroit itself, because uh, you guys were there. Uh, it was probably about six, seven years ago now, right? That sound right? I, I started maybe here less, in, maybe less. Well, I started here in 2013, and it was definitely before I started here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. You wrote the you wrote the piece about Cadillac. Yes. Before you started working here full time as right. a freelancer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So that was right. six, six, maybe seven years ago. You're right. You're right. Um. So what was it, uh, everybody who I met in Detroit, and again, this was my first time there, uh, just wouldn't stop talking about how drastically the city had changed and that we were walking through areas that just two years ago, let alone five or six, they would not have dreamed of, of walking through or bringing tourists through. So what, was, what were your impressions of the city? 
Well, when we were there, I don't. I, I was never like threatened by like crime or anything like that. When we were there, I just remember it being very empty. Yeah, yeah, it was like a, a giant ghost town, right? So, uh, as a city, you probably noticed the streets are extremely wide. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously with, with Chevy right uh, or GM right in downtown Detroit, uh, the streets were super wide, and there was no cars on it. Right, like our rental car and maybe one other car were the only cars on it on any given time. So, uh, so that was that was striking to to walk around such a big, beautiful city with no one in it. Uh, and then the the buildings, right? These these again gorgeous buildings that were being used as parking lots. Yeah, uh, that were just abandoned. So it was uh, it was a little depressing. Uh, we love the cigar scene. We love the sports venues. We love the people. There just weren't any, not enough of them there. Yeah. Uh, chicken, and we also chicken love, shawarma. We also <laughs> love the chicken shawarma. So, uh, which was funny, right? We uh, So you want to tell them how, how we discovered the chicken shawarma in Detroit? I forget the name of the shop that we went to. It was in Dearborn. It was, a, uh, yeah, it was, a sh- it was like there were two shops in Dearborn. Uh, uh, and this one had Cigar Factory in the name, but it wasn't a factory. Oh. I'll, I'll find it. So it was uh it was Donello Cigar Factory in Dearborn, Michigan, which yeah, as you noted, is a great name. That is a good good name. <laughs> Donello, like, last dance of the Yeo. <laughs> exactly. So we we uh no go ahead tell you the story because it was uh, it was actually your idea to ask that gentleman. Well, I asked him because he was the biggest, most healthiest, we'll call him guy. <laughs> well, so <laughs> the, the background room. is we were trying to find. Like the emblematic Detroit food, right? And everyone says Coney Island. Some people say Coney Island dog. Other people say other things, whatever. This So Ivan, we're in this cigar store, uh, which again is called Donello Cigar Factory, but it was actually just a cigar store. And, uh, and so Ivan goes, you know, we've been going about this all wrong. If you want to find out what the emblematic food of Detroit is, ask that guy. And the guy behind the counter was like six foot four and probably weighed 350. Yeah, uh, just a big as Ivan says, healthy guy. <laughs> His great voice too. When he told us, he, he was like, "You gotta one. go, chicken shawarma, chicken shawarma." <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have. And then he told us exactly where to go, and it was like it was a a chicken like I guess call it table or or corner they set up in an actual like lounge a bar. Yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a little pop up. I mean, yeah. today you would call it a pop-up, but back then, that that wasn't what it looked like. Yeah. It was just like a little stand propped up on the side of this bar. So it was a, a real establishment, right. the bar, and then on the side of it, almost like a side alley. Because people would walk, walk off the street, have the shawarmas, or people drinking at the bar were having shawarmas, which yep. is what we did. Yep, yep. Uh, so anyway, we discovered the chicken shawarma there and have been fascinated by it ever since. Nice, nice. So I did not have chicken shawarma, but I did go to a place called Shiba, which has two locations. So I did get my you know Mediterranean. Yeah, because that uh, is a, it's a huge part of the population. Right, right. And I was staying in Dearborn, so that was plenty of options. I went with Shiba just based on Yelp reviews and had some uh, some lamb uh, and some hummus. So it was uh, it was good. But no don- no yeah. yayo no, no yayo yeah. tourist uh, trap. <laughs> I, I did leave Detroit thinking, you know, we, we should go and, and do 
a travel thing at some point, just given how much it's supposedly changed and, and all that. Um, but yeah, I don't. Have we said why you were no, there? No, okay, we have not. Okay. Uh, so why was I there? I was there to interview the uh, five members of Old Dominion, which is uh, for those of you can who are not. Put in some, can we like put some background music here? We're gonna cut it in here. Okay. Old Dominion is a a country band which uh, is which comprises five people. They have what's what's interesting about them, I think. Uh, you know, we, we've sort of talked in the office about our varying experiences with country music. Um, you know, and I told these guys I, I kind of became uh, or I, I got sucked into country music in the 90s um, when I was being driven to school uh, by my mom, who determined that uh, the, you know, hip hop radio shows and, and R&B radio shows were not all that family friendly for, you know, a, a child. Uh, especially since the the school commute was sometimes close to an hour, um, and yeah, also you guys live way down south and right, school, yeah. and the uh, and the Latin stations were getting away with murder because the FCC doesn't speak Spanish, yeah. so they say whatever the hell they want, especially back then. So you ended uh, up at country. So I ended up on country. So I was listening to ninety nine point nine Kiss Country FM. A Why lot. don't we get drunk and screw? <laughs> That's Actually, one of my uh, favorites. Boy, you, know you, that really, one? you really fucked that one up. <laughs> Why don't we get drunk and screw? Yeah, but the intonation was way the fuck off. All right, anyway. So, uh, so anyway, Old Dominion, group of five guys who have blown up in the last couple of years, uh, but they have long uh, careers as musicians and songwriters. And, uh, and so what's interesting about them is that they're super hot right now, but they're probably like average age, about 40. Um so they have this somewhat older sound. They're a little less poppy, a little more, you know, uh, focused on the songwriting and the musicianship stuff. Uh, still, you know, some pop and rock influence there, but these are also guys who grew up, like, listening to NWA. and uh, So they have some of that in them, right? Um, so anyway, it was a very interesting conversation. I won't get too much into the things that I asked and was told and all that because we have a, you know, a, get yourself a magazine subscription yeah. uh, to get into that. But super cool guys. And, uh, and one thing that I will say here uh, that, you know, maybe will will pique people's interest, even if they're not country fans, is, uh, you know, I, I think of all of the celebrity smokers that we've interviewed for the magazine, these guys were definitely, like, we have not interviewed anybody who was more into cigars than these guys. Uh, you know, so a lot of times it's, oh, yeah, I smoke every now and again, or, like, I don't really know what I'm smoking. I smoke whatever's put in my hands. Uh, but when it came to, Hey, what do you guys normally smoke? Uh, like Matt, their lead singer is, um, is, uh, a Padron nut. Um, you know, another guy in the band was rattling off like all these, uh, brands that, you know, when, when people tell you, I smoke this, 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 and the other thing, you know, that they're not like just whatever they got in the, I don't know, in the pro shop on the golf course when I'm golfing that day. So yeah, they weren't all major brands yeah. that are just readily available everywhere there were some boutiques in there exactly were... exactly so uh so you know these guys were if, if i remember correctly uh, among all six of us we were smoking uh uh Telly, some of my father's stuff uh one of these guys was going on about how much he loves um uh, uh four kicks crown heads and uh, yeah crown heads um uh calaveras uh so anyway it was cool it was cool to you know have a, a band of guys that that cigars actually plays a role in their life on the road and and how they unwind after shows and and all that, uh, so definitely keep an eye out for that story because that'll I, be in the next issue. Yeah. That'll be in the next issue, yeah. So um, 
and then after the interview, uh, we parted ways, and the day after, they were um, one of the openers for Kenny Chesney on his trip around the Sun Tour uh, stop in Detroit's Ford Field, uh, which was packed. Um, so I had never been to a live country show, and uh, it was impressive just like the range of people who were in that crowd, and I didn't expect necessarily for Detroit to be uh, as country crazy, but between the Detroiters and other, what is it, Michiganders, is that what you call them? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's and Canadians, know. right? And Canadians, yeah. When they did a whole like, "Who's here from Canada?" The amount of the crowd that they gave them, woo, hockey. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, Windsor, Canada yeah. is. I mean, it's it's closer to Detroit than than Dearborn is to Detroit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that was cool. Um, uh, so yeah, saw Old Dominion, obviously Kenny Chesney and uh, and Thomas Rhett, who I had never heard of because I'm I'm not really like still actively listening to a lot of country. But uh, but if you want something that's like country tinged with like heavier like pop and dance stuff, he's like I got the sense that he was sort of like the Timberlake of the country world. Hmm. Uh, but that was cool. Um, it was uh, and and I went with uh, with the photographer who had shot these guys the day before, and the photos that I was seeing, at least what little I saw, were were great. So hey, uh, quick shout out though, the interview was actually done at. La Casa. At La Casa in downtown Detroit, which I, I wish we had a place like that in Miami. That It was impressive. So it's like a, one of the nicer, like, multi-level cigar lounges with, like, all kinds of, you know, work put into the detail of the place. Yeah, Super that was cool. one of the places we liked uh, yeah. when we went. It's yeah. Like, two-story, right? Two-story, yeah. 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 So big thanks to uh, to Ishmael, who um, who is the, the owner of the place. And and was a very gracious host with us, um, and and I'm sure that we'll uh, we'll be back up there paying him a visit in the not too distant future. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hang on. You also posted a couple pictures of Coney Island dogs. So I had Coney Island dogs. Uh, I have a, a couple of friends up in Detroit, so I spent a little time with them before ah, the show. Ah, ah, ah. Uh, so uh, so yeah, we had. Uh, I I had. He has friends everywhere. He does They're all over. Good lord. The the Nick Network. Reaches the far Nick and wide. Network. The sun never sets on the Nick Network. So Kenny Chesney could never do the show around the no, sun because <laughs> I'm following him around everywhere. Um, but yeah, no, Coney, uh, uh, which I had no idea until I got there. This was news to me. We, we were too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Coney Island dogs, for whatever reason, are a, a thing in Detroit. I don't remember what makes them Coney Island dogs. Oh, well, no, we researched back then. Uh, I just can't yeah. remember it. Uh, but yeah, I researched why the Coney Island dog was the thing okay but i cannot recall so i am no yeah, help i don't remember here. either so you know but anyway coney island dog is basically it's it's a standard hot dog with a beanless meat chili mm-hmm. uh mustard and onion i'm uh-huh. not a not a mustard fan so i went no mustard oh that's um, not a coney dog <laughs> I you were having a pony dog nick that's <laughs> i almost a pony got kicked dog. out of this place um you guys are always changing the ingredients to everything <laughs> It's not what it is when you change it. So the uh, of the two places where I had a phony dog, you had a phony dog, yeah, a phony dog, the phony, phony island hot dog. Uh, no, but we had them at uh, the. It's sort of like their version of of those competing Philly cheesesteak places. Yeah, yeah we, we did it. I just, we did again. It. Can't so remember any uh, of this. Lafayette, yeah. which was kind of like the dingier diner feeling place. Yeah, and the other one was a little more touristy and had more on the menu, like fried chicken and stuff. But which is bigger on the which corner. is bigger? Yeah. yeah. But Lafayette, if I had to pick, 
Lafayette's the the spot because I, I think you want that like super divey. If you're eating a hot dog, you want to feel like you're at a hot dog place. Yeah, you don't want to feel like you're at the the fresh market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it reminded me. By uh, the way, I had a hot dog for dinner last night. Nice. Yeah. How'd that go? Sucked. <laughs> But it, it reminded me of the uh, that SNL sketch that we were watching not too long ago, the the uh, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Yeah, it, that's yeah, that was the the Glenn Case uh, yeah, recommendation, yeah, yeah. right? So, um, so it reminded Billy, me Billy of Billy Goat Tavern. Billy Goat Tavern. It was like the Billy Goat Tavern of hot dogs. Um, and in case you're wondering, if you go, when you ask for without onions, it's just without. You're gonna have a Coney dog without. Yeah, you want that, without mustard, bit, no mustard. That's a little bit like uh, like in Philly. Yeah, you have a cheesesteak with. What's with, with what? Uh, with is the is the uh, the cheese whiz. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So, without versus with. So, uh, yeah, that was the uh, the Detroit experience. You've been brought up to speed. Now you don't have to go to Detroit. Uh, no, but really you but should. I think you should go. You, you should, should go. <laughs> uh, and and it really was cool because you could tell that there was all kinds of like development happening. Uh, all the major sports venues are like you could walk by them by coincidence. Did all you in one kick walk. yourself for not having bought one of those? You could have probably bought a building for the price of a, yes. of, a of a three bedroom home in Miami. Yeah, yeah. So Dan Gilbert apparently is making out like a bandit up there because he. Yeah, you didn't go to Eight Mile though. We did. I didn't go to we Eight did. Mile. We no. hung out with. Little little red, that was her nickname. Little red, nice. Little no, little thang. It was like little, little thang. Little or thang. Something. thang. Yeah. It was it was little something. Yeah, but it was at a bar, a little divey bar in Eight Mile. We just nice. stopped to have a a beer and. Did you get into any rap battles? <laughs> we did not. No, but it was like a historic bar, and I think it they was, had filmed like uh, uh, Whitney Houston's you're uh, right, movie. Right. They had just filmed it there, like the Bodyguard. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. It was like a scene filmed, something like that. Yeah. We were the only white people there, by the way. I ain't but, white. But it was cool. And <laughs> <laughs> not that day. <laughs> All right. So uh, so that's Detroit. Check it out. And stop by La Casa. Uh, very that, cool. It's a fun town, though. Seriously, yeah. yep. uh, between the food and all the the uh, those sports venues, like the Detroit the field with Tiger Stadium with the, with the uh, cigar bar in it, yeah, it's a good town, man. I, I yeah, would visit yeah. it. For sure. Just don't get a bus. You're going to have to sit on the curb the, the, to wait I, for I it. I found that to be really disturbing. Where I know we keep like rambling about this. No, no, but, that's fine. But uh, yeah, that was disturbing to us. We, we were driving around and then the bus stops don't have benches or shade. It, it's just like a little a little sign on the curb. Yeah. No benches. So if you're riding the bus, you're kind of screwed. I, like, I had a rental car. Uh, right, we did too. Yeah, no, but, but I'm saying I, I wish you had mentioned this to me before because I, I honestly I don't remember whether they had and maybe they have changed this. Maybe they've benches. changed it. But, but it at was. the time, it was like buy American cars, don't ride the don't bus. ride the freaking bus. <laughs> it was like mass transit. Screw you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was interesting. Like you had people that wanted to, you know, they were waiting for the bus and they're sitting on the curb, and you're driving by in your car, like you know, I don't yeah. know, spraying pebbles in their face as you drive by. It was uh, it was it was strange to me. Well, one thing that was that in terms of mass transit that somebody did point out to me that I would not have noticed otherwise was so they have a streetcar system, which I don't know whether that was, uh, but the uh, I don't the, think it was operational in downtown. Yeah, so so the streetcar system that they that they put in, uh, apparently on the insistence of retailers, actually runs along the right side of the road, which retailers I guess want people to just get off and immediately be there instead of having to cross streets. Yep. 
But what that ends up affecting is traffic because when you're stopping right now, you've got streetcars that sometimes come up against people making deliveries or whatever uh, that are pulled up against the curb. So maybe not the best thought out part of Detroit's, uh, you know, transition yeah, to mass transit. Or... But, uh, but anyway, long story short, uh, Detroit was, uh, was a very cool town and, and hopefully, uh, you know, we can, we can get back up there and I'll have uh, a little more time to get to know it. Uh, back to Camacho Coyolar. How are you guys doing on this? So I think the, uh, the flavors have intensified a bit right now. I mean, I'm, I'm like dead center. So the, the flavors of earth have intensified. The pepper has intensified. I think maybe the the chocolate and sort of cream have come down a bit. It was a little bit more even before. So now it's good. But again, the transitions I enjoy. So I, I like the change because it, it keeps me engaged in the cigar. I'm not just blowing smoke. So I'm enjoying this transition. And, and as I get back down to to the narrower side, I think it'll it'll change again. Uh, as as perfectos do. Ivan? I'm down to the narrower side. It's looking like a roach right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, you're... Uh... <laughs> so that's always a good sign. Whenever I have a good cigar, I'm smoking it down to the butts. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm having kind of the opposite experience, at least yeah. for, for my palate. Uh, I, I don't feel it as quite as earthy or peppery, but like maybe some of the sweeter stuff um, I'm picking up a little bit more. Uh, it, but for me, it's become uh, less of those sort of like dark, intense... Uh, flavors, uh, but that's just me, right? I think this may just be one of those cases of uh, different palates reacting differently to uh, different stuff. But my assumption had been that the wrapper was what giving was giving it some of that earthy uh, quality. Although it's all one farm, right? So you're gonna have a yep. lot of uh, maybe it's just that the smoke is a little cooler. That could be. Yep. Uh, but in any case, I am I am enjoying it, and I will eventually make my way down to the to the nub. So. Uh, Again, we are smoking Camacho Coyolar. It's definitely worth uh, going out and getting it. Yeah, for right. sure, for sure. Uh, and I, I didn't come across. Maybe, maybe you know off the top of your head, Eric. If not, then you know, then we're not informing anybody here. Uh, but do, do you have a sense of how much of this is being made? Like, is this? Uh, are they treating this as just being in the regular rotation? Yeah, of, it's yeah, full, yeah, full production. Okay, yeah. So, so definitely, you know, get out there and and look for this and pick some up. Uh, you know, especially for for fans of that Camacho stuff, uh, this will be a, you know, a, a nice change and, and a new thing for you to get to know. So, uh, all right. So, we already talked about our office break in, and that means that it's time for Villagrat. <laughs> So, a word from our sponsor, Villiger Cigars, before we come back and hit you with our regular parting recommendations. Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano puro wrapper, boasts a potent, full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villager La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoky experience. The Villager La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. As always, we are ending this episode of the podcast with our parting recommendations. This is where we let you know some things that you may want to eat, smoke, drink, watch, 
read, uh, visit, do. So, Ivan, what do you got for the people? Wow. I don't know if this is going to be a sensational ending to this show with my recommendation here, but... All right, if you guys want to go do some manual labor around your house, I got a Greenworks 18-inch 10-amp corded string trimmer. 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 <laughs> a trimmer. I got me a trimmer. No, I'm a trimmer. <laughs> there you go. I rescued it's, it's, your recommendation. It's, it's also known as a weed whacker. <laughs> or, again, to use uh, Miami Cuban parlance, a weedil. A weedil. By the way, that's weed eater has been <laughs> adulterated to weedil. So I had to go out and get a new one of these weedies mm-hmm. because mine was smaller. Wait, it but, wasn't wait, 18 wait, inch. You, uh, you, you had recommended another blower, lawn care. Blower, blower, same brand. So I, I had recommended ah. a Greenworks blower. So Greenworks is came working in, well for you. Uh, yeah, Price was, right. Very, very nicely priced. It was uh, this was probably like sixty dollars. Uh, this trimmer and the the blower was like twenty five. So it was a package deal from Walmart. Very worth it. I I don't think I got the uh, extended three year warranty, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's affordable enough where you don't have to because you can throw it out if it doesn't work. Trimmer. But anyways, I don't think this thing's gonna break down anytime soon. Uh, I'll tell you what the problem was with my other trimmer. It was small. Weighed a ton at the at the tip. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have that problem. <laughs> so it weighed a ton at the tip, and it wasn't big enough. So I'd, I I always had you also to go have that problem. M- mu- multiple <laughs> runs. Right. So he's cruising past. That yeah. <laughs> so I always had to take like multiple swipes to yeah. actually make it effective. Multi pass. Again, same problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with this thing, bigger's always better. I take one swipe at it, and I'll take out boom. like boom, boom, the whole thing. Like I'll, I'll knock out half my yard on one swipe. So uh, again, it's cheap. It's powerful as hell. Um, I get it down to like the dirt, <laughs> uh, but it's great. Yeah, take that. Check it out. Uh, so my recommendation unless eric you'd like to go first but uh I, I like i like the sound of yours so i'll just i'll tell you guys about mine oh, i okay. uh i did the uh i had a couple people over the house and i'd never smoked a brisket even though i i own a big green egg i'd smoke ribs a bunch of time and, and uh, a bunch of times and i've 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 enjoyed it right i've done that has worked out well but i wanted to smoke a brisket and i wanted to use the franklin method Oh. From Franklin Barbecue Whoa. in uh, in Texas. Okay, Dickman. Yeah, I went full Dickman. So I I googled this guy. Uh, I I did a I looked for YouTube because I wasn't gonna go buy the book. So the book is called Franklin Barbecue: A Meat Smoking Manifesto, which I have since ordered because this was so successful. But I found a dude on YouTube, Flaming Rooster Barbecue, who uh, nice. who used the Franklin method on a big green egg, and uh, and I, I basically followed the dude's instructions, and it was awesome okay what separates the franklin method from other methods so i, I think from what i can gather the, dry the number it's a one dry thing, rub yeah well yes but the number one thing is the rub which is a 50 50 uh black pepper and sea salt okay and that's that's it for rub and you're doing it an hour before you're putting it in the smoker okay and you're smoking at 275 whereas most other smokers or 
or that I found were in the 200 to 25 range. Okay. So this one is smoking it hotter, but just as long. Okay. And uh, and then finally, the the other main difference is that instead of using uh, aluminum foil or anything like that, you're using butcher paper to wrap it for the last couple hours. I don't see anything spectacular from this Franklin method, but if it came but out wait good, wait a minute. All right. You saw the pictures. No, I know, but we've all smoked uh, brisket. All right, well, I'll, you know, I'll have right. you guys over and, and make some of that because it was cool. it was awesome. Uh, I calculate about an hour per pound, roughly. So. If you're going to come over, bring some beer because it'll be a while. But uh, but no, that was a huge success. But now I want to hear about Nick's recommendation because on the show notes, it looks like something I want to hear about. Bunny so, yeah. Oh, so yeah, the uh, the recommendation is, is Bunny Ears. This has been around for a little bit, but I only recently became aware. It's a vibrator. <laughs> the, <laughs> I, I, it's not a vibrator, but... Uh, it's possible that vibrators are involved in here somewhere. Is it a green works? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, if uh, if you've ever wondered what Macaulay Culkin is up to. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. He has a podcast. He has a podcast, which is affiliated with his website. It's, it's bunnyears.com. What a weird dude. And he has... Uh, so I... Uh, I saw his podcast like in my suggested podcast subscription stuff. Whoever suggested that was spot on with you because you love weirdness. Yeah, I love weirdness, but he's not as weird as you'd think. Um, so I, I, I couldn't take much of it. I didn't actually start listening. So I, I've heard one episode, and the only reason that I haven't continued is uh, it, I think that the point of the podcast is like it's just him and his buddy. Uh, I think his name is Matt Cohen, uh, kind of just talking about stuff they're into. So the one that I happened to be listening to was their first one where they got way deeper than I was interested in on uh, video games. But they talk about all kinds of stuff, and it's primarily, you know, things that, uh, you know, somebody who grew up in the 80s and 90s would be into. Um, but he's got this website, which the the website is sort of almost like a parody of, you know, lifestyle, listicle-type uh, magazines. Um, and and I think what's interesting about it is, you know, if you haven't really kept up with him, it's, it's kind of fun to get to know 37-year-old Macaulay Culkin and his sense of humor. Uh, yeah, I lost track after Home Alone. Yeah, right. <laughs> Home Alone, Richie Rich, he, you know, he sort of <laughs> fell off the radar. Uh, and the thing that got me more interested was that I recently heard him interviewed by Joe Rogan on Joe Rogan's podcast. So, um, so he apparently has been living in Paris for a long time and just moved back here. And to hear him talk about it, it was sort of like, yeah, I was a child star, and I'm very lucky to still be making money from Home Alone. And so I was in Paris visiting friends, and they were like, you should move here. And I was like, okay. And so he just did. Uh, and he's just kind of been doing whatever the hell he wants without going too insanely crazy that you like, you know, see a lot of mugshots. Um, before this, I think in around 2014, he, uh, he and a group of friends started a band called The Pizza Underground, which was a Velvet Underground tribute band, but with the lyrics switched around, so they were about pizza. Hmm. Um, he plays the kazoo in that band. Uh, they, so, had, they had you at hello. They had me at hello. They had him at kazoo. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, bunnyears.com, if you want some, uh, you know, some kind of kooky, you know, uh, tongue-in-cheek take on, on things like goop. Uh, and and other stuff like that. So, for example, uh, some some of the headlines of the articles that are on their on their homepage are uh, I smoke uh, I drank water from my AC. 
I drank raw water from my AC and I feel like a new woman. You've heard of vaginal steaming. Now try blowing smoke up your own ass. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm telling you, the weirdness is... Oh, yeah. You're all about I'm it. I'm all over it. Very very off-the-wall, kind of kooky, tongue-in-cheek. Already shut argument. him off and already turned into a Cigar Snob podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, next. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, bunny ears, if you're curious about Macaulay Culkin. Anybody else got I stuff? thought you were like, I, I, I didn't know that that's the bunny ears you were going. Yeah. I thought, you thought it was a found, vibrator for sure. Yeah, I, was like, I thought you had found me. something interesting. How many, spe- been, how many, wearing bunny how many been, speeds does it have? <laughs> Ivan really wants this to be a vibrator. Yes. Uh, all right. So anything else we want to get into uh, or let people know about before no, we... No, I just want to thank everyone for coming back and listening to our banter episode. That's right. All right. So uh, you can find us. And Cigar don't, Snob. don't rob us. Don't. Yeah, please don't. Don't. <laughs> Again. Uh, uh, you can find us at cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast or just cigarsnobmag.com if you want to see the other stuff we do. Uh, follow us on social media, Cigar Snob Mag, in most places. So it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Google Plus for the two of you guys who are on there. Um, and also subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You can you can subscribe. I know some of you are are listening uh, on the embedded player in our website, but if you are a user of a smartphone, you can subscribe to the podcast, listen to us there, rate. And review us, unless you're going to give us a low rating, in which case, get out yeah, of here. Yeah, don't bother. Yeah. Go to Bunny Ears. Go to yeah, Bunny go, Ears. Go, and, go to Bunny yeah. Ears and do that. Play that game over there. Uh, no, but seriously, the, the ratings and the reviews yeah. help uh, help boost the uh, the podcast up on the list when people are searching. So, exactly. yeah, if, uh, if you like it, rate it. Yeah. Give us all the stars all or, or whatever the rating system is. Thumbs up, stars, all that stuff. All right. Thanks again. Later. Ciao.